I'm Austin, and welcome to the Spitball and Baseball Podcast. I am joined by Reed. Hey, everybody. How are we doing? Um, been a little while, but we're going to jump back into it. Um, going to give a quick little recap of the ALCS and the NLCS, um, followed by a quick a little fun segment, and then uh, right after that, we'll finish out with um, uh, our analysis of the two series. And then just a quick preview of what's to come, um, but not nothing huge. That's going to be um, bulk of our next episode today. We're mostly going to be recapping um, the league championship series. Um, Austin, if you want to go ahead, um, go over that uh, American League championship series. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, happy to be back. I know we missed a little bit of time, but we are happy to be here. So yeah, we're just going to hop right into a recap of the ALCS. Um, Went uh, six games, just as the uh, NLCS did. First game, we got the Red Sox and the uh, Houston Astros. We got a 5-4 final after a very, very good game. Um, Boston put up one in the ninth, but it wasn't quite enough. Um, Stanek was able to come in and get the one out that was needed in order to get the W. So great for the Astros. Great start. Uh, Then we go into... Game number two. The Red Sox uh, did come back and get a win here 9-5. They look like they're going to have a really good series at the plate at this point. Uh, They were able to put up four runs in the first game, and then this game they were able to put up nine, um, including eight runs in the first two innings. They really got on on top of them early. Uh, Uvalde came in, uh, did five and a third, um, only gave up three earned, and that would be uh, good enough. Again, the Astros did put up two more in the ninth, but it wouldn't be enough to get the win. So you're looking at a 1-1 series. And then coming into game three, I really thought that the Red Sox um, might be able to pull out this series because they put up uh, 12 runs um, against the Astros. The Astros were only able to put up three, and that included um, six runs in the second and three more in the third. This game was pretty much over after the Third inning was nine uh, to zero. The Astros did put three more on the board in the fourth, um, but the Red Sox managed to put up three more runs, and that would be good enough for the win, finishing 12 3. Um, Erod came in, gave up three earned in six innings pitch, so a pretty good showing for him. Jose Urquidy, uh one and two thirds innings, five earned runs, not great. Uh, he got pulled very early, he got jumped. So at this point, Red Sox holding a 2 1 lead, thought they were going to be able to pull it out. Game four, the Astros came back specifically with their pitching. Um, they had the bats as well, obviously putting up nine runs. They really didn't explode until the uh, ninth inning, where it was 2 2, a very, very good um, pitcher's duel going late into the game. Um, a lot of different pitchers used Pavetta mostly for the Red Sox, but for the Astros, they used Granke, they had Javier, they had uh, Graveman, a few other guys mixed in there as well. Um, and it was two to two going into the ninth, but then we saw the Astros put up seven runs in the top of the ninth, and that was obviously good enough to get them the win. Um, nine two. We go to game number five, in which the Astros again put up nine more runs, where the Red Sox were only able to manufacture one. Valdez absolutely shoved, going eight full innings, only giving up one earned. Only five strikeouts, was managing to get plenty of ground balls and a few uh, pop-outs and fly-outs to get him the win. Sale did pitch five in one-third inning, only giving up two runs, so not too shabby from him either. But it wasn't um, enough as soon as they got to the bullpen for the Red Sox. Um, they kind of fell a little bit op- apart. Um, Perez in one inning of work gave up two earned, as well as Brazier giving up 
two earned as well. Final score, Astros 9, Red Sox 1. So we go to game 6, and I mean... At home, the Astros just absolutely dominated uh, 5-0. Uh, Garcia obviously getting the win there. Evaldi tried his best, only giving up one earn uh, in four and a third uh, innings worth of work. But again, that Red Sox bullpen just sort of ran out of gas, ran out of magic. Uh, they almost got no hit. Um, it was very, very close. They ended up only getting two hits altogether for the whole game. Um, and Houston closed it out in six. So yeah, really, really fun series. Um, a lot to talk about. Some bats, some pitching. So um, I would say probably the two most deserved teams of the season um, would have loved to have seen uh, maybe the Rays facing off against the Astros, but it was for naught. Now we have the uh, Astros going to the Fall Classic. Uh, Reed, you want to yeah. go ahead and um, uh, recap the NLCS for me? Yeah, so that NLCS was a fun series. Um, also uh, went six total games. So that game one, um, we had Max Freed against a bullpen game for the uh, uh, Dodgers. And Dodgers' bullpen pitched really, really well in that, um, in that first game. Uh, they got a lot of innings from a lot of guys that, you know, you wouldn't have expected to come in in moments like that and, you know, and, and perform the way they did and, you know, as, you know, ice cold as they did. Um, they pretty much shut down Freddie. They did shut down Freddie Freeman. He went 0-4 with four strikeouts. And that's something you don't see from a guy like Freddie Freeman. Um, they, they Their strategy this series was clearly to shut him down. And in games one and two, they did that really well. Um, but ultimately, um, in game one, their undoing was Austin Riley um, with that walk-off in the ninth off of Blake Trinan after a um, – Blue pit and a stolen base from uh, from Ozzy Albies, and then in Game Two, um, one of of many Eddie Rosario games in the series, um, walk off number two, Eddie Rosario with four hits in this one gets the walk off off of Kenley Jansen. Um, this was a really fun game. Dodgers took the lead a couple times, and um, Julio Arias, who usually pitches really well against the Braves, um, actually came in and, and gave up that lead. Um, for Rosario to end up coming to walk it off a couple innings later. Uh, game three, um, Braves would have loved to have this game. They had the lead. Um, they were by three in the bottom of the eighth inning. And um, uh, Walker Bueller pitched really well in this game. Um, he just kind of ran into trouble in that fourth inning there. And um, that's when the Braves jumped out to that lead. Um, and it looked like they were going to hold. And then, you know, lo and behold, get a couple guys on. And... Cody Bellinger has struggled all season, but he is Mr. Clutch for them. Um, comes up with a huge, huge, huge three-run homer to tie the game. And then Mookie Betts with a go-ahead double. And then Kenley Jansen closes that one out to pull the Dodgers within one game. Um, so it's 2-1 two, two to one in the Braves' favor going into game four. Um, and then this is another Eddie Rosario game. Eddie Rosario, a double away from the cycle. Um, they score nine runs. Um and it felt really, really close until that ninth inning um, when we get another home run from Eddie Rosario. He had two home runs in that game, actually. Um, that ball was probably about three feet away from hitting off the top of the wall and staying in play, um, which would have given them a double in the cycle. But, you know, as a brave fan, I'll take the home run and the, the, the seven-run lead that we ended up having and ended up taking for the victory that day. So the Braves are up 3-1. Um, the spot they've been in before last year, obviously they blew that three, one lead in Arlington. Um, 
So the Braves are looking to close out in game five. Um, you know, you got Max Fried on the mound again, but the moment just kind of seemed to be too big for him. Um, he struggled early um, and just never really got his feet under him. Uh, Dodgers just went off. Chris Taylor had an amazing game. He had three home runs, I believe, um, and they won 11-2. to two. Um, So I think the feeling was, uh, oh, man, what, are the Dodgers going to do this again? Uh, are the Braves going to blow this again? Um, but, you know, the Braves felt good. Um, they went back home for game six and seven. Um, and in game six, um, we had um, Ian Anderson on the mound. And he pitched um, a little better than he did in game two, uh, where he only went three innings. But uh, Brian Snicker eventually pulled him, um, which actually ended up working out because um, the uh, pinch hit for him in the fourth inning when um, Anna Angianza hit a double, which gave the Braves uh, second and third with two outs with Eddie Rosario up, and he ended up hitting a three-run homer. And the Braves never looked back from there. Um, Tyler Matzik came in and pitched um, two scoreless innings, including getting out of a, a second and third jam with nobody out. Um, AJ Minter also pitched uh, two innings, and those two left-handers were absolutely huge in this series. They were lights out, and we'll get a little uh, a little bit more into that later. Um, but the Braves eventually secured their uh, first World Series appearance, their first National League pennant since 1999, the uh, first in my lifetime. So. Um, Watching that was uh, pretty surreal and emotional for me. Um, really special. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch, and we were we were texting back and forth, um, talking about it. Man, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll talk about him a little bit. Man, Matzik and Rosario, both of them coming through big time mm-hmm. uh, in that series. So, yep. Um, also, just wanted to touch real quick before we uh, go into our next segment. Um, I know we happen to had a. Uh, a podcast since going to the uh, Braves NLDS uh, game four. So just real kick, yes. real, real quick read. If you could uh, just a couple seconds, describe your emotions when Freddie Freeman hit that home run. I, you know, I, I went from really, really nervous and really kind of timid and, and just kind of cold, just standing there staring at what, what's happening. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, he comes up against Hader in, in the back of my head, I think about, um, 2019 when he had a walk off against him. Um, and I remember, remember watching that game, uh, and and that was, um, one of my favorite, uh, Freddie Freeman moments. So, uh, obviously that's in the back of your head, but I'm just thinking, you know, get on base, um, uh, you know, just hit one the other way. Um, you got Austin Riley coming up, just keep the line moving, you know, um, but that first pitch, just a hanging slider right in there. Um, Freddie knew he probably wasn't going to get another pitch to hit. He jumped all over it and hit it pretty much right at us. Uh, yeah. And you know, I honestly just lost my mind. Um, it was uh, you know, really fun to watch. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people got scared a little bit whenever Will Smith walked that first batter in the next inning. But um, I got to yeah, say, it has to be said, the Brewers are a good baseball team. Um, you know, they – did a lot with pitching this year. Couldn't have the bats to keep up. And uh, yeah, I did I, I did tell Reed going to the game, I don't know if this was on the podcast or not, I said, hey, Freddie Freeman's going to hit a home run at us today. 
He was like, he yep. no, no, stop jinxing it. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. And I was like, no, like I'm, I'm like almost positive that Freddie Freeman <laughs> is going to hit a home run out of state. I just, I just have this feeling. I, it's not going away. I just, he's going to hit one at us. And he's like, oh, don't jinx it. I was like, oh, well, all right, I won't, but I'm, I'm telling you it's going to happen. Sure enough. Bang. Right, right there to us. Center field guy standing next to me. I, I, I mean, I told this story to a few people when I got back that there's this grown man next to me. Um, whenever the Braves finally clinched it, I turned, gave him a high five, and he. This, I'm not a small guy, you know. I'm six two, two, two thirty five, two forty, uh-huh. and he picked me up, and he was so excited. So it 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 just shows you that uh, baseball can do a lot for some people. So um, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So uh, Reed and I also, when we go to these games, um, you know, we went to a couple earlier this year. Got the chance to go to this game. Um, probably not going to make World Series game. Those tickets are ridiculous. But um, yeah. when we go to those games, we typically have a little bit of a drive because um, for those of you that don't know, we live in North Florida, South Georgia area. And so it's a little bit of a trek for us to get up to Atlanta a few hours. And so what we like to do is we uh, sit there and argue about uh, about tier lists. And so we thought it'd be fun to every now and then toss one right in the middle of our show so you guys can just kind of you know, hear our opinions on things, maybe in baseball, maybe just outside little, of baseball. Uh, I mean, we just sure. uh, shoot the breeze a little bit, and we have a good time doing it. So uh, we're having fun with it. And so, if you don't want to listen to it, you can feel free to fast just forward. But breezy, um, yeah, something just to to argue about. And so today, um, we are going to be ranking fast food restaurants. We do have a specific. Um, list of restaurants that we're going to be talking about. So if you want our opinion on anything that we don't say, feel free to uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Our um, Twitter handle is pod underscore spitballin. So that's P-O-D underscore S-P-I-T-B-A-L-L-I-N. Uh, feel free to reach out to us there on Twitter um, and let us know what you think. Uh, so we're going to go through a couple of restaurants and give our opinion. Now, if you don't know how tier lists work, um, you have S tier, which is like the superior tier. So the, the very best of the best, the creme de la creme, the best mm-hmm. that you can possibly be. Then you've got the A tier, which is that next level down, followed by the B tier, C tier, D tier, and then uh, the F tier, which is for the worst of the worst. So, yeah, Reed, you want to get us started? Let's do it. All right. So today we're doing fast food restaurants. Um, McDonald's, I think, easy. Um, you can put it as an S tier. Some might argue A. I personally would put it as an S tier um, so, so just here, for the, the sheer. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, here, so here's the thing, right? It's McDonald's, right? And so I think, you know, you're driving down the, down the road, you're on the interstate, you got somewhere to be, you're trying to get home. Maybe mm-hmm. you're trying to get to the airport, whatever it might be. It's three o'clock in the morning. You see those golden arches. You're like, man, this is a good day. Like I'm pretty hungry. I could go for a McGriddle or I could go for a, you know, McChicken, right? If you pull up mm-hmm. midday, you're off today. It's a it's a Saturday morning slash afternoon, but it's not like to where the lines are too long yet, right? If I see all of these options that we're going to talk about today and I see a McDonald's, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to McDonald's. Because it's it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's fine. But like, is it really that superior? Is it better than everything else? Now, value for money, fantastic. But for me, that's why it has to go in the A tier because I'm never seeking it out. It's just kind of like that last resort. I I see. That's where I disagree. I don't, I don't think I put it in S tier for the 
quality necessarily. And, you know, nine, eight, nine times out of 10, when you go, you're not disappointed, you know, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, just cause you know what you're going to get. I mean, mean sometimes. Good. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I hundred percent agree with that, but you, the, the record, the, the recognition of the brand, I think alone puts it in S tier. I'll, I'll concede to you on this one. Uh, you can put it in S tier if you like, but I, for me, it's an A tier. Right. Um, next up, we got Chick-fil-A. I mean, this is an easy one for me. It's, yeah, clear yeah, S, I, mean, I think. It's, a, um, it's clear S than McDonald's. It's for sure. itself. It is, is the best of the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, 100%. I would agree. I would agree. Um, All right. Um, moving on, we've got Burger King. Um, for me, personally... And this is a C tier. Um, oh, I took the words right out of my mouth. I I like Burger King every now yeah. and then, but it's just so it's average. It is. I had Burger King today. It was good. It wasn't yeah. horrible. It was fine. It wasn't great. Right. Um, next up, we got Steak and Shake. Now, me and no. you have had um, many a nights where we have went to a Steak and Shake. <laughs> After work or 100%. late yeah. in the middle of the night, like what else is open? Again, same thing with McDonald's. I don't think it's quite good mm-hmm. enough for me to put in the S tier, but I am a fan of putting it in the A tier. Oh, no, I don't. I would be steak and shake as an A tier. I think it's, you know, it's always there for you. Um, you know, milkshakes are just top tier milkshakes. Um, they, they as are far good. as fast food milkshakes go anyway. That birthday cake milkshake? Um, oh, man. Birthday cake milkshake. I love the cookie dough milkshake is phenomenal i disagree um, on that but i hear you really not a big wow. fan of the cookie dough milkshake um, it's, the, it's the little crumb part i just it's just not for me oh yeah okay um frisco milk big big frisco oh, milk guy huge frisco um, milk guy couldn't be a bigger frisco milk guy yeah so i think this is an a tier good with that yeah that's fine all right now our next one i have a little bit of a controversial opinion uh i hold chipotle as an F tier restaurant. Oh my gosh! Get out of this podcast, bro. Are you serious? I was like, it's an F tier con- restaurant. I'm sorry. I was contemplating saying S tier. I'm sorry, but it's an F tier restaurant. No, the food is bland. It's so good, and it tastes like rubber. You are absolutely crazy. I'm having Chipotle tomorrow just because of this. The meat has the consistency of chewing on like a tire. That you're absolutely wilding right now. Chipotle. The only thing that makes their food good, the only thing that makes their food good, is the guac, and that's it. And you have to pay extra for that. So, guac might be extra, but so am I, and that's fine. I love their guac. Their chicken is good. I go there and listen. I get it. I understand. It's like it's a little bit cheaper. Like you feel like you not not cheap in price, but like it's not like the very best of the best food, but it's. And I mean, we'll talk about Moe's later, but I feel like you can't really bring up Chipotle without bringing up Moe's. So we might as well do both of those right now. I hate I would, Moe's. I would say Moe's is a B-tier restaurant. Oh, absolutely Moe's not. Moe's is think, vastly superior to Chipotle. Absolutely not. Moe's is F-tier. Moe's tastes like something that I could go to the grocery store and go home and make myself. Genuinely, it's oh. it's that bad. It's The cheese tastes like, like it's been in a plastic package in the grocery store for four days and no one's rotated it. I've had their queso. It's not very good. Chipotle's is better. The chicken is good at Chipotle. I, we can, we, 
we can meet in the middle on both of these here. I'm happy to put both of them in like the C tier if you want to, just because we have to have an answer here. But I am a firm believer that Chipotle is A tier, possibly S, and Moses F. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think that's one we're just going to have to disagree on. Um, I'm actually going to cut into the segment here really quick. Um, I actually just got a notification um, per John Heyman that uh, Lance McCullers um, will not be pitching in the um, World Series. Wow. That's huge. We, we, we will definitely be talking about that in our um, episode tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. That is yeah. big because he has been doing very, very well. Yeah. Um, not having him in that um, LCS was huge. Um, I think had um, a couple guys not stepped up, um, I think they very well lose that series. Um, but we'll uh, obviously talk about that more we'll later. That. Yep. Um, we want to jump back into this tier list here. So we can uh, disagree on those two. People have heard our opinions. Uh, next up, we got uh, we got Wendy's. What you what you thinking? Now Wendy's, I I think I put it in that same Burger King category. Um, I think it's a C tier. I think it's there for you when you need it, and I think it's um, you know it does its job. I would I would probably go more towards a, a, a high C, low B. I think that there are times when I'm like, I, you I, know I, what? Go on. There, there are times where I would rather have Wendy's than, than Burger King. I, yeah, I think more for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of times I'm like, I'm driving down the road and I'm like, and I see a Wendy's and I see a Burger King. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to go to the Wendy's. I mean, we, we got some Wendy's coming back from um, Atlanta whenever we went up for our trip. And, you know, it was... It was mm-hmm. fine. It was good. We were hungry, and we devoured that food. I mean, you, and the thing is, you can that get a five dollar, you can get a five dollar biggie bag, and that's that's yeah, all. Four. That's just about going to fill you bag. up. I mean, I'm I, mm-hmm. that that's a pretty good deal. So, for me, Wendy's probably low B. Maybe you feeling that? I I would. I'm feeling a B. I like a B there. Okay, works for me. All right. Moving on, we have In and Out. Um, now. We've got in and out and Whataburger back-to-back, so I think we can knock these two out hand-in-hand uh, so hand, they seem to be. Are you a Whataburger guy or are you an in and out guy? Because that's a big question. I'm, I'm a team Whataburger, personally. I am, I am also um, a team Whataburger. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that... See, my thing... Go ahead. I think in and out is just... it. It's it's good. It tastes like... Like, if I got in and out burgers from, like, a like a food truck. Like if it's just like a, like a mom and pop food truck, I right. think I walk away saying like, Oh yeah, that's really good. That's like good, I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. But if I'm going to like an establishment you know, fast food restaurant or not, and I'm getting that kind of food, I, it, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I think what's big about the argument between Whataburger and, in and out is that everyone from the West Coast swears by In and Out. Like, says that it's absolutely the best. Like, there are days where I want McDonald's over In and Out, and we already know how I feel about McDonald's. Like, I I like McDonald's a lot. Mm-hmm. McDonald's is great. Like, I'm fine with it being, you know, sure. high A. You know, I, we got it in the S tier. Like, that's fine. <sighs> but it's sure. not as good as people from the West Coast say it is. 
and I've had it on the West Coast. Like I, I I've, don't I've lived in California for a time. Yeah, I, no, I've in LA. I have had it just outside of LA. I've had it outside of San Francisco. Like I've mm-hmm. tried it in many different places there in California, and it's fine. And the animal fries, they're good. And the burgers, they're good. The shakes, they're good. But like, they're not like I can't put it above Whataburger. Whereas Whataburger, I think, is like a high A. I would probably have In and Out as like a low B, high C. Like it's it's fine. I think I think In and Out personally is a C, and I honestly I don't know that I'd put Whataburger that high. I think Whataburger is maybe, I mean I could see low A, I, I could see high B. I, I personally would have I'm, it as a solid B. I'm fine with going high B, but the reason I think it goes up to A for me is like I typically get pretty good service at Whataburger, and they they bring the food to your table. They you know they come to you with the tray full of sauces, no. like hey, what you want? You want some spicy ketchup? You want some regular ketchup? And you know that factors in a little bit for me. No, yeah, no, I can, I can agree with that. I can get down with A. All right. What we got next, Reed? We have uh, Taco Bell. Um, now, Taco Bell is, it's all reliable. I think, um, oh, yeah. you know, if you're hungry at 3 a.m., I think it's right there with Steak and Shake. Um, if, if you're prepared you know, to sit on the toilet, you. it's great. That's, that's, that's. Sometimes yeah. I have had some bad Taco Bell. I do like Taco Bell a lot, oh, no, and I 100%. go there frequently. I mean, that was the number one go-to place after work, I think, when we used to work together. I think so, yeah. It, Steak and Shake and Taco Bell were the, you know, they were the biggest two. Um, and, you know, you can have some really, really bad Taco Bell, but you can have some really, really good Taco Bell, too. Oh, absolutely. Throw some mild um, sauce on that thing. If they get your order right, if they get your order right, Which they I typically think don't, and you that's can okay. walk away happy. You know, Richard and I, and Richard's a friend of the pod. Um, Reed knows who I'm talking about. Uh, shout out Richard Perez, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast. Um, he and I would go and we would carpool from work typically. Um, and we're like, hey, let's go get some Taco Bell. And I think nine times out of ten they got our order wrong. And I know that that sounds like hyperbole, but it's actually true. Um, it was more often than not that they got our order wrong than they got it right. But Taco Bell's good. I think and I'm, every time I've. I think every time that I've asked for no tomatoes on a chalupa, I think they put extra chalupa or extra tomato on that chalupa. Um, and, and so for that reason, like I'm good with like a low. You go with like a low B. I would say B. Yes. Yeah, I'm good with that. That's fine. This next one, now, we are we are going to disagree on. You and I have had a conversation about this place before. I love Culpers. Yeah, I, I know love you Culpers. do. Yeah. And I, I don't understand how you could not love Culver's because Culver's it's fine. Is, Culver's deserves to be a cultural staple, but it happens to not be, and I find that to be problematic. It's it's like it's a C tier. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's Culver's. Like I see it, and I'm like, oh yeah. It might, I honestly might even venture myself to put it into D tier because it's just like. Eh. Like I see Culver's and I'm like, well, I don't really want to okay. go there. If it's my only option, I'll go there. But like, that's, that's pretty much it. The, I will say the burgers, the burgers are pretty good. Sometimes they're just inconsistent. The cheese curds and the ice cream, the custard alone, I think, puts it in an A tier. I hear you. By the way, not on this list, but shout out uh, Burger Fries custard, ridiculously good. Yes. Just wanted yes. to slide that in there. Shout out Burger Five. If you ever want to sponsor us, let me know. Um, 
Uh, I would be fine if you if you really feel that passionate about Culver's. I know it would be in your S tier. I would be okay with sliding it down to like a C or maybe like a low B if you really want to. But I just I I feel like I don't want Culver's in the same sphere as Taco Bell. So for that reason, for me, it's a high C. I can live with, I, I reckon I can live with C. I can live with C. All right, fair enough. Next one. Now this next one. No, oh, go ahead. It, we got Subway. Um, I. I've gone back and forth on this one in my head the whole time looking at this list. I've um, been going back and forth between two ratings um, as well. So you, you you share your opinion first. Now here's here's my thing. We live in the southeast where we have a fun little grocery store called Publix. Mm. Um, and if I'm ever in the mood for a submarine sandwich, I'm not going to go to Subway. No, never. Like, I'm not going to go to Subway. Right. Now, I have lived n- not in the Southeast, where Correct. Publix is not readily available to me. Mm. And Subway was there. And for a long, long time, Subway along with Taco Bell, was my best friend. was my best friend. I get it. And I think for that reason, I can't put it in like an F or a D, but I'm not going to put it in an A or a B. Let me go ahead and and be your tiebreaker for you here because as you grow up, right, you look at Subway as like the submarine sandwich restaurant right and then you get a little older it's, it's like yeah, yeah and then you, you you find out about you got jersey mike's and you got firehouse and you got jimmy john Do which i don't i don't particularly yeah. like i don't particularly like jimmy john's but like it's there you know and you got you got a couple other places obviously you got Publix, right and then you mm-hmm. look at subway as just it's just inferior it just is you know like it's, it's just there it's, it's just really. there. Like I drive past the subway, I'm not stopping. Like I'm, I'm keeping. Like if I'm hungry in the middle of the night, eh, like eh, I'll have subway once in a blue moon. But like if I have other submarine sandwich options, I'm going there. Um, and for that reason, I was yeah. bouncing between D and F. You probably talked me into a D, but I don't think I can go any higher than that. I, I I'd say D. All right. Uh, we got so three a, more it's here. It's, it's, a, it's a hard D. Yeah, it's a hard D. It's good. It's good. Good verbiage. Um, we got three more. We got Zaxby's. What are you saying? Uh, Zaxby's, Zaxby's, Zaxby's. I, I'm a fan of Zaxby's, actually. Um, right. uh, I enjoy Zaxby's. And for that reason, I think that's a simple... You know, I, I'd, I'd like to hear what you say before I can give it a read. I agree with you there are days where i do crave zaxby's there are days where i'm like you know what sounds good zaxby's but at the same time like i'm not putting it above what we're going to talk about is our next restaurant or chick-fil-a the other chicken restaurants on this list and so for that reason to me it's a c-tier restaurant what are you thinking i i can live with that i can live with c-tier all right um and the reason i say that is because the next restaurant is raisin canes now raisin canes is it's a oh, huge Canes guy. It's phenomenal. But the reason why it's not an S tier and that it instead is an A tier restaurant is because you cannot eat this food without the sauce. And the sauce is part of the restaurant. You have to give it credit for the sauce. But at the same time, yeah. 
there's just it just takes away a little bit from it. Like that's the, that is the reason why it's not S tier. Like I can't really put it with Chick Fil A and McDonald's. But at the same time, it is oh, yeah, really good because you can eat those without sauce. Oh yeah, like, it's really I, really good. Oh yeah, like I can, I can have Chick Fil A nuggets without sauce. I can have a chicken sandwich. I can have McDonald's stuff without any sauce. But I cannot have raisin canes without their sauce, and their sauce is good, and it's part yeah, of the right. restaurant. But at the same time, it's really good. Got to take a little bit away from them. Mm-hmm. I think they give you a bucket of sauce if you ask for it, though. Oh, absolutely. Like I think, like the whole vat of sauce that they have, I think they give it to you if you ask. Probably. And you know that I think that plays a plays a part in it. Plays, yeah, no, it, it is it is a tier like teetering on S tier, like it's right there. Um, mm-hmm. if they also I like think... if, if they expanded their menu a little bit more and gave me something Maybe else, bit, yeah. I might be able to slip into the S tier, but for now it's an A tier. Mm-hmm. And then our last restaurant now, is Hardee's. Um, and fun fact, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I actually worked at um, a Carl's Jr. The, the I did not know that. Hardee's. That is very interesting. Um, it was an interesting portion of my life, to say the least. I'll let you give your opinion first on this one, but I have a hard statement. Now, listen, the breakfast is good. Mm-hmm. Breakfast is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I ate the food because I was there um, and it was convenient and I enjoyed it because I like right. food. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to hate food. I'm not, I'm not a food hater. Um, the cookies are actually really underrated if you're looking for a good cookie. Um, but overall, I, I just, it's not very good. Mm. So what are you, what are you thinking? I think I put it, I maybe a little bit above Subway. Okay. So you remember earlier on in this tier list when we were talking about McDonald's and I said, Reed, I'll defer to you. Do you remember that? I'm gonna, you'll defer to me. I'm gonna. I'm, I said I would defer to you on that one. I'm gonna cash in my def, my deference on this one. Yes. Hardy Hardee's is an F tier restaurant. Um, Hardee's oh, sure. was, Hardee's was the only restaurant we had in my hometown growing up. The only one. They have a little bit more now. I think they have an Arby's and a Wendy's. But at the time when I was in middle school, let's say, Hardee's was all we had, and the service was miserable. The food not good and to this day i will not step foot into a hardy's because of that it is an f2 restaurant please never go there the food is not as good as you can get at these other places the service is worse i don't understand why they're still in business yeah um i think if they just did breakfast all day and they just yeah, did no, that. the breakfast is fine i will say that although they have raised their breakfast prices which is kind of made me a little bit angry because I think um, yeah because they used, you used to be able to get like a sausage biscuit for like a buck but obviously you know this is really good yeah yeah. so just yeah, just to, uh, um, to recap so we can get back to the baseball here uh, we got McDonald's and Chick-fil-A in the S tier we have Steak and Shake Whataburger and Canes in the A tier in the B tier we've got Wendy's and Taco Bell in the C tier, we've got Burger King, we've got In-N-Out, we've got Culver's, and we've got Zaxby's. In the D tier, we have Subway, 
And in the F tier, we have Hardee's, whereas on Chipotle and Moe's, we disagree, where I think Chipotle is great, where he thinks it's awful, and he likes Moe's, and I do not. So that was tier list time with uh, Austin and Reed. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you didn't, I'm terribly sorry. All right, here we go back into the baseball. Um, let's let's jump into that National League Championship Series. And um, I think my first thought watching these games, and obviously as a Braves fan, I watched them very, very close. Right. Um, I think the situational baseball, um, Brian Snitker won through and through. Um, mm-hmm. Dave Roberts was severely outmanaged in this series. And, and if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that a lot of the things that he did and a lot of the moves that he made were necessarily his choice. Um, and what I mean by that is I think um, the analytics department gave him um, a script for the most part on what to do and in what situations. Um, because I really, really don't believe um, that some of the things that Dave Roberts did I, I truly believe that he asked way, way too much out of some of their front-end bullpen guys, and I think he asked way too much out of Julio Urias. Um, and I don't think that Dave Roberts acting on his own would have done that. Um, but, you know, either way, Dave Roberts and the analytical department for the Los Angeles Dodgers were severely outmanaged by Brian Snitker. Um and I think it, it showed in games one and two, and I think it showed in game six. Um, and those were obviously three games when it takes, you know, four games to win a series. That's everything, you know? I think um, Eddie Rosario, um, I'd like to touch on for a second. Um the first player in NLCS history, actually, with two four-hit games. Um, he had 14 total hits, 14 hits in this NLCS. Um, he just had the Dodgers number. Um, obviously, the um, Dodger pitching was a little bit exhausted. Like I had said, um, he, um, uh, Dave Roberts had asked a little bit too much from those Dodger pitchers. Yeah, I mean... It- you look at um, the bullpen game. They had game one, right? And the bullpen pitched really, really well in that first game. I mean, only giving up three runs total. Um, obviously, they give up the walk-off in the ninth, but give up a run in the first, give up a run in the fourth. And then, you know, that's not to say that you can't pitch them more going forward there, but, I mean, you're asking a lot of your guys to pitch that day, and then the very next day, um, turn around and you use, what, seven more pitchers? And so... You know, even mm-hmm. though the and, first game was a bullpen day, the second day, I mean, you got 4.1 out of Scherzer, but then after that, you're using a bunch of guys as well. And so you're, you're taking a lot out of their arms and, there by doing yeah. that. I mean, they did they did just as uh, much in the third game where they're asking for, you know, I think they had nine guys on the bump, you know. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, they did a little bit they better. Did not get nearly, um, they did not get nearly enough length from their starting pitcher. Um, no, not Scherzer had a... A dead arm is what he described it as, and they, you know, they did a bit better with that. Uh, moving later into the series, I mean, they only used three pitchers um, in Game Four, but they gave up nine runs, so it didn't really matter. Um, and then Game uh, Game Five, they they went right back to to it using I think eight 
uh, pitchers as well, or maybe it was seven, but something around there. And then the last game of the series, they I think they used six, and so you know that game four where they used four guys when Urias went five innings, that was the game they used their least amount of pitchers, and they lost nine to two. Mm-hmm. And so you you need to get some length out of your guys because if you don't, yeah. You know, you're going to have some tired arms. And, you know, Braves were able to manufacture runs in this series. I mean, they might not have put up a lot, but, I mean, you know, they got three, five, five, nine. I know they only had that uh, those two runs in game five, but that was an outlier. And then they got four again. So, you know, the Braves scored a good amount of runs. I mean, they did well to, to hit the bullpen. You know, they did not as great against the starting pitching, but... You know, mm-hmm. did fine against the bullpen. So every time they saw that bullpen come in, they were licking their chops, getting ready to, you know, hit them out the park. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and I think it's really, really tough when you're not getting length from your starters and the um, top of your lineup isn't exactly doing, um, you know, what you'd like. Um, obviously, Justin Turner being um, um, hurt doesn't help at all. Um yeah. Trey Turner seemingly disappeared. Mookie Betts, um, you know, only batted 174 this series. Of course, Seager only batted 167. Um, Will Smith, 217. You expected him to come in and hit um, against these Braves really well. Um, but, you know, the Braves, I think, did just enough to hold them off offensively. Um, with, you know, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, and AJ Pollock being really the only sources of offense for the most part for, for the Dodgers and, you know, when the Dodgers were that team all year to be, you know, have like a that stretched out lineup that just doesn't let you, you know, breathe um, for the, those one, two, three hitters to kind of go cold like that. Um, I think that's, you know, that's really hard to overcome. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I said this to you as well. And a few other people I talked to um, at work about this is the fact that it's like, the Braves very well could have swept this series. Like the Braves were the better team. I don't think people can really argue that, you know, as far as, um, you know, hitting the ball, pitching, um, managing, you know, they just, they had it all in this series. I mean, the, the one game that they lost of the first four, they gave up four runs in the eighth. And they, if they don't do that and Jackson doesn't, you know, drop the ball there, give up four earned with only, you know, one out, the Braves would have been in the fall classic, long time ago you know a few days ago so already um and so the dodgers were even really lucky to get this far they just they got outplayed simply and you know i think you're right about um managing but as well also about the pitching i mean the dodgers have the better team on paper and the higher payroll but then you look at the braves bullpen and how they played i mean obviously we said luke jackson got hit hard but you know tyler matzik what a performance, like, especially in that last game, he, you know, Luke had already given up a run and he comes in there with a man on first and second and just absolutely shuts them down, you know, gets six big outs. I was not necessarily surprised he came back out for the eighth after getting out of the jam, but man, Snicker made a great call throwing him back out there because he struck out the last guy um, in the seventh and then uh, struck out three more in the eighth, right? I think. And so he, he was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, All right. got he a, struck out the side in the seventh and struck out two in the eighth, yeah. That's what it was, yeah. And so, regardless, a fantastic uh, performance. And I 
I, I mean, the Braves deserve to be there. And so um, very interesting that mm-hmm. um, the team that had, uh, you know, the home field advantage, and, I, and this was definitely a talking point, was the team that had way less wins because the Dodgers were a wild card team. And so got to at least mention that, and it didn't matter. But I, I think that regardless, the Braves were the better team um, stretched out throughout the series. Oh, yeah. So, so they deserve to win. And I mean, you got to think, too, and we we have, we mentioned this a little bit, like Acuna wasn't even here. Acuna's out for the season, and so don't even know what they would have done with him in uh, the game as well. So and we didn't have Jorge Soler, a leadoff hitter, either. Right, and Soler was hot. You know, he was, uh, he was uh, swinging a hot bat. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, it's you want to touch a little bit more on Rosario? You lose your leadoff hitter already. Yes, um, Eddie Rosario, the NLCS MVP. Um, Absolutely. Obviously, the walk off in. Um, game two and then he had the uh, go-ahead home run in game six that um uh, series clinching game um they just couldn't get him out and i think he was part of the reason that um you know dave roberts got outmanaged it kind of forced him to to bring in a left-handed pitcher when maybe he didn't want to bring in that left-handed pitcher yet um because obviously you have a bunch of left-handed hitters and top of that lineup with, um, you know, you've got Jock Peterson batting fifth, um, Eddie Rosario, and then Freddie Freeman are your, your one, two. Um, so maybe necessarily Dave Roberts didn't want to have to make some of those moves, but he was just kind of forced to not only by his front office, but also by, you know, Eddie Rosario looming right there. Yeah. I mean, Rosario, 14 hits in the NLCS. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I think you did you mention this earlier about him being the first player in NLCS history with uh, two four hit games? Yeah, two four hit games, first player in NLCS history. And I believe he's the second player in postseason history to um, have two four hit games in an entire postseason. postseason. And he did it in one series, which is um, just incredible. Yeah, um, congratulations to the Braves representing the National League in the World Series. Um, we're pretty happy about it over here at the pod, and so looking forward to rooting for them. Um, not going to hide that, obviously, um, to win the World Series. Uh, any final thoughts on this series, Reed, before we move on to the ALCS? Um, I, I I think one more thing on Rosario. I just think it, it was uh, uh, you know worth noting. Um, I actually tweeted out in game during Game Six. Um, for this guy, you might as well just throw up four fingers anytime he's up, you know, bases loaded, whatever, give him the bonds treatment. Um, because he's he's just not missing right now. He's a walking a walking base hit. Absolutely. All right, so moving on, we've got the Red Sox and the Asterisk. I mean the uh, Astros. And so um, you know, the the big thing for them was the Red Sox, you know, they had a lot of magic going. Um, they ran out of gas and that magic ran they out did. in this series. Um it looked good for them beginning of the series. You know, they, they were on a little bit of a streak, you know, beating the Yankees, going on beating the Rays, you know, getting to the beginning of this series and getting that 2-1 lead and looking like looking like the better team. They really were. Um, then they proceeded to drop three straight yeah. games after that. So, Yeah, so game one and two, um, or well, game one, they ended up losing that game, but it looked like they, they kind of had them on the ropes and they looked like, you know, if, if the bats kept staying hot and they got, you know, anything really out of their starting pitching. It looked like they could really run away with the series. And, you know, we saw games two and three. They, they took those games. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez pitched really well. Um, you know, they s- scored a bunch of runs, bunch of runs. Um, 
ended up taking a two one lead in that series, and then you know, it just seems like the 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 wheels came off the wagon, and they just couldn't keep it going. Um, Magic ran out, um, but a big big part of that um, game five when Framber Valdez went eight innings with one earned and five Ks. Um, and I think up to that point, Astros starting pitching had only had six innings pitch combined throughout the series. Um, and in those final three games, the Astros pitching staff as a whole had a one ERA. Um, and, you know, if, if that Red Sox, Red Sox team wasn't able to hit, wasn't able to score runs, they weren't winning games. And Yeah, I mean, the, the Red Sox pitching was, was fine, but um, it was just a perfect storm where the Astros pitching became filthy those last three games and the Red Sox bats just went cold. I mean, they they put up a total of three runs in the last three games and you're not going to be the Astros like that. They have the bats where if they get hot, they're going to score. You know, their last three games, they, they dropped nine runs, nine runs. And I know they only got, only got five in the last game. But like, you know, when you're getting outscored in the final in three games, stretch 19 to, to three, you're probably not going to win much of those games. And so um, congrats to the Astros on that. I mean, they, Evaldi, mm-hmm. terrible performance in game, uh, what was that, four? Um, going uh, only yeah, two-thirds, giving up case four runs. Him being asked too much. I, th- I think that's yeah. another case of that where he was in the situation where, you know, he, he was set up to fail, basically. Um, but, you know, it's just a tough situation there. Yeah, I mean, Chris Sale, you know, looked good. Um, feel a little bit bad for him. He, he did pitch Chris pretty, pretty well. We, we saw Chris Sale. Um, but, like I said, you know, he caught Frambois Valdez on a, on a good day and um, just wasn't enough out of Chris Sale. Uh, I just think the gas ran out of the tank for him, too. Uh, and, and I want to talk about Jordan Alvarez for a second because what <laughs> – the, uh, what Eddie Rosario was for the Braves, he was every bit of for the Astros um, throughout this postseason. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, okay. Jordan Alvarez. Um, I think you can probably was he the MVP of the ALCS? I'm not sure. I he had to have been surely. Yeah, and so you're you're gonna get to see. Um, Jordan Alvarez versus, I mean, not straight up head to head, obviously. Jordan Alvarez versus um, Eddie Rosario. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think, and we'll get into this more, obviously, with the um, preview we have coming out tomorrow. But um, a big piece of this series is going to be the DH, and as it always is in the World Series, um, getting that extra hitter for the Braves is going to change a lot of strategy here. So that'll be interesting. Um, and I think that, you know, seeing what the Astros do where they don't get a DH, you know, they're going to play, they have to play Alvarez um, out there in the outfield. You know, he's hitting 441 this postseason. You can't keep that guy out the field, but he's not the best defender at the moment. So that'll be really interesting. Um, yeah, not really much to say about this ALCS considering the fact that it was just really beyond the first three games. It wasn't wasn't really super. Com- I guess first two games it really wasn't super competitive. I I really thought the Red Sox were going to come through. Yeah. Um, but you know, sh- shout out to the Astros pitching in those last three games. They just they I think absolutely. The better team won the yeah, I think I think the Astros the probably team. deserve to get there again. As I said earlier, I would have loved to have seen Astros raise. Uh, as much as I, as a Yankees fan, 
don't want either of those teams to do well. Obviously, I don't want the Red Sox to do well either, but um, I think that we would have gotten just a little bit more of a fun series between the Astros and the Red Sox. And this was a good series, but you know, most of the games weren't necessarily competitive. And so that, that was kind of unfortunate. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. Um, Jordan Alvarez, like we said, ALCS MVP four forty one throughout the playoffs and then a five uh, 22 uh, batting average in that ALCS. Um, just a wa- another walk guy who's a walking hit. Um, I mean, the man throw four fingers up at this point. The man hit a triple, so uh, he's he's not the fastest guy. So, yeah, he hit a triple in that last game. So, you know, uh, right team won. I think Uh, we're gonna get a fun fall classic. Um, Reed, you want the last word on the ALCS before we uh, close this thing out? Yeah, um, like I said, better team won, um, and. We'll, we'll go over the World Series as a whole um, later. Um, but I just think um, we're in for a real treat with these two teams, the Braves and the Astros. I know I am getting to see the, the Braves play in a World Series game for the first time in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, that's it. So um, look for our, you, uh, for our episode. It's going to drop on Tuesday. Yep. Um, um, we're going to prepare for the Fall Classic the Houston Asterix and the Atlanta Braves. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. Um, like we said earlier, follow us on Twitter, pod underscore spitballing. Austin, do you have anything else? Nah, man. Uh, baseball's about to come to an end for the season, so we'll have that episode out um, for the Fall Classic for the World Series uh, here probably on tomorrow, on Tuesday. Um, try and get that out as quick as we can got that going then obviously we've got the off season coming up so we got a lot of uh, a lot of good times we can have over the off season obviously baseball is off season not super yeah. long and so we just gotta get through november uh through january and then uh, through february we got spring training so you know we're gonna have a lot of stuff with off season stuff a lot of fun times um talking about you know what certain teams are gonna be doing we're probably gonna be going through a, a ranking system previewing each team um where we think they're gonna do for next season and so we got a lot of fun stuff coming up on the pod you know we appreciate you guys listening we're just a couple guys having a good time. So um, thank oh, yeah. you guys Absolutely. for uh, taking part in this with us. If there's anything you think we can improve or anything you want to see, feel free to let us know, tweet at us. Um, again, I know we're plugging that Twitter handle, but pod underscore spitball interact with us. Uh, we're just here having a good time. So um, I think that should be everything, Reed. Yep. Thank All you guys right. for it's listening. Been fun. Thank you, everybody. Yep. We'll see you guys later.